On this week's episode, we discuss the midterm elections. Concerned about education, the family structure, crime continues to surge across the country, the economy, gas prices, everyday those little issues that impacts Americans' way of life. Many Americans want to see America first again. And so we've had all the politics, we've had the debates, we've had the drama, we've had the gaffes, but we have also had moments of encouragement. So tomorrow, you, the real boss, the American people will get a chance to go out, if you haven't already voted, and vote your candidate that reflects the change and the policy that best describes you and your values and virtues as, a, as an American. One thing we try to be is neutral, all sides, all across the country, all the perspectives. We're just referees, the many voices across America. Hi, I'm Dee Dee Bond at the Hartsville Atlanta Airport in my home state of Georgia, reporting for the Armstrong Williams Show. When I cast my first vote over 30 years ago, this state was solidly red. In presidential races, Georgia has given its electoral college vote to the Republican candidate all but five times since 1964. With legal and illegal immigration and the great reverse migration of African Americans from the North to the South, Georgia has become a true battleground state. To ensure that the battleground is fair, the state has invested in training election officials like Sharita Trice, who oversees the elections in Tarleton, Georgia. This is the equipment room where, to access the equipment room, you have to use a special code that only me and my staff have. This is the scanner that we call a ballot box. In this black case is the printer. It's a regular HP printer. And here is the BMD that stands for ballot marking device. The new rules and increased scrutiny require that election staff are trained and Georgia residents are informed. People are being educated in top County through our website that we use and also through the newspaper. And also I do training, in-office training to my election staff. Georgians are hopeful that the results will be known on November 8th. But with this midterm expected to yield a record number of mail-in ballots and high voter turnout, we all may be holding our breath. According to our new system, the results will be accurate and they should be in in a timely manner. While speaking with the voters, we asked, what are some things you are hoping to get out of your elected officials? Boy, did we get some diverse answers. Personally, I have never looked to elected officials for anything. But if there were anything that I would like to see elected officials do is um, cater more for the needs of the people that are suffering on the streets in Georgia. More of the higher echelon gets the breaks than people just, you know, on the street. And so, you know, for instance, right behind this plaza right here is a, it's a homeless community, you know, Tent City, right across the street from this church. Now, I walked by this church one morning and I spoke to two urchins and they tooted their nose up. I said, God is good though, anyway. You know what I'm saying? Now you see that, you see them, them tents across the street, you see the homeless, that's how close you are to being homeless. You know what I'm saying? So don't you toot your nose up. You know what I'm saying? Be God, be glad that you that you are, you know what I'm saying, still in a position where, you know what I'm saying, you can help somebody. Uh, inflation, uh, just seeing uh, price increases and also seeing um, 
um, the supply chain just being difficult. Um, I mean, I haven't, on the national level, I mean, I haven't seen anything being done to, to tame inflation. Well, I think the big issues here now in our school is, first of all, is the violence that's going on around our uh, community now. We've had uh, uh, homes shot up. We've had students that are shooting at other students from other schools. So the violence in schools now is, 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 is one of my utmost concerns. So yes, it's almost election time and we'll all be going to the polls. And when I go to the polls, I'll be looking for a leader that's going to support schools and rural communities. So my top issue uh, for me would be abortion. I am uh, pro-choice. Next would be uh, expanding Medicaid. Um, I do have a daughter that is uh, special needs and uh, the decrease in funding here in Georgia has uh, affected her. The things that Tarleton residents struggle most is uh, jobs, housing, and uh, industry. There's, there's no jobs here. There's no grocery store nuts. The pharmacy is only open two days a week. It needs to be open every day. That's one of the main issues. I guess, well, one thing that's important to me is um, funding for Medicaid. Uh, I have a child with special needs, and um, we could, could use more of that. And um, I have um, concerns about voting rights and making sure that everyone gets the opportunity, fair opportunity to vote. I would like our elected officials to stop sending money to other countries and focus on what's important here in the United States. Election season feels larger than life this year across the Great Lakes state, and mid-Michigan sits at the center of it all. With mere days to go and many votes already cast, the heat is on for candidates to make their final push and get their message heard. Topping the card, an intense race for governor between Democratic incumbent Gretchen Whitmer and Republican newcomer Tudor Dixon. For the first time ever, two women are battling each other for the state's highest office, and they are engaged in a bitter standoff, defining each other on competency. This is about leadership. This is about, are we going to have problem solvers or culture warriors who seek to divide us? She's running against herself, and her record stinks. Extremism. For someone so worried about being kidnapped, Gretchen Whitmer sure is good at taking business hostage and holding it for ransom. As people take up arms and threaten their fellow Americans, it is not acceptable and people need to be held accountable. And campaign promises. When you drive on the roads, are they fixed? No. Do you believe these promises? I know that our friends on the other side of the aisle tend to be colorblind, but we are fixing the damn roads and there are orange barrels everywhere to prove it. Polls show Whitmer leading, but with a shrinking margin in the final run-up. Likewise, highly divisive battles are underway for Attorney General and Secretary of State, with Democratic incumbents Dana Nessel and Jocelyn Benson, respectively. We have to vote for sane, rational people for these important offices. There is a nationally coordinated effort to try to interfere with our elections. Taking on two 2020 election deniers in Republicans Matthew DiPerno 
and Christina Caramo. The people of Michigan are fed up because they're tired of having people in office who no longer serve them. We're going to do it with every parent across this country who is fed up with the radical policies of Governor Whitmer and Dana Nessel. DiPerno is running to lead the agency that could indict him. Right now, the AG's office is investigating DiPerno for an alleged plot to seize and tamper with voting machines after the presidential election. Nessel has come under fire for failing to properly charge seven defendants indicted in the Flint water crisis case, resulting in all charges being dismissed and further delaying justice for Flint residents. We were told justice delayed was not justice denied, but it feels like justice has been denied for the residents of Flint. They didn't lose in court because they were arguing a weaker case or anything. They just couldn't even file or follow proper procedure. So we don't even get our day in court, and we definitely don't get to see justice. Five-term Congressman Dan Kildee faces his toughest challenger to date, former Trump administration employee turned GOP contender Paul Young. New district lines may result in a much tighter race than in years past. Polls show these candidates in a dead heat. In the vehicle city, Flint's current and former mayors face off in a heated rematch three years in the making. With clean water still a central issue and pipe replacement across the city finally nearing the finish line, Flint voters will decide between Mayor Sheldon Neely and the leader he narrowly ousted in 2019, Dr. Karen Weaver. People want economic opportunities here in the city of Flint, and that's something that we deserve uh, to have, and that's something I want to bring back. We don't kick the can down the road. We don't wait. We make sure that we make intellectual decisions about dollars. Most notably, perhaps, the three major ballot proposals that could shape the state for years to come. Proposal 1 would impose new term limits and also require public financial disclosures for all state elected officials. We have seen uh, some difficulties in Michigan uh, that mirror those difficulties in other uh, states with term limits. Are the, the decisions they're making for the best interest of the state, for the best interest of legislative districts or for their own personal best interest. A second proposal aims to protect and enhance voting rights, providing nine days of in-person early voting and requiring canvas boards to certify results based only on official records of votes cast. There are things like protecting our access to the ballot, like making sure that every single voter can vote and have their voice heard. And nobody can use false, contrived conspiracy theories to question our election results. Why don't we let the legislature do their job on finding common sense solutions that the people support? Prop 2 also deems that only state election officials have the power to conduct post-election audits. And potentially the most motivating ballot issue is Proposal 3 which would codify reproductive freedom of choice into state law, while also invalidating any other pre-existing conflicting laws. This proposal will allow a more enduring approach by allowing Michigan to use its tools of democracy, allowing voters to decide. Current polls show Michigan voters favoring all three questions, but as always, election night is sure to come with surprises. For WEYI in Flint, Michigan, I'm Mike Woolfolk. Our very own Whitney at our station in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, put together this package about the importance of faith, religion, the church, the things that Americans are voting for as it is guided by their faith and the things that they believe that are important in very everyday daily life. 
the household, the traditional family values, um, and, and also things that may surprise you. We read a lot that it is the economy and jobs, but I think all voters are always concerned about education and about the stability of their communities. One of the reasons many of us enjoy living here in Tuscaloosa is because it is a safe and happy place. We have a, a very good school system, but things have had to grow to be that way, and they grew that way because of political decisions. So I think just the stability of your home and your family and your job is always in every voter's concern. Community safety, liberty, and democracy. So community safety, we are um, hearing about gun violence. We're hearing about economic insecurity. We're hearing about but health insecurity, people that don't have access to health insurance. Um, those, are, those are things that we, we, we consistently hear about. I think people are very concerned about tax credits being given to wealthy developers and the local community not getting much benefit from that. Public officials not being responsive. And I think that is at a, a core level of what community organizing is about is how are regular folks holding public officials accountable. Um, and that's such an essential part of a thriving democracy is to have folks who are not in government holding government accountable. We never support a particular candidate or a particular party, but we do support issues and we have those stated issues, particularly transparency in government, participation in government by as many people as at all possible, and keeping people in the voting process and keeping them interested and educated about the voting process. So it's not just registering people to vote. Voter education is really critical to being able to make informed contributions to democracy and that's where we come in. I think we're seeing more and more people being getting out to vote. I mean we are involved right now in voter engagement work reaching out to infrequent Alabamian voters to encourage them to vote. We, you know, it, we want infrequent voters to vote. We think Alabama is stronger when more people are voting. Who they vote for, that's their, that's their call. We just want to encourage them to vote. There are many races that are not contested at the state level. That doesn't mean you shouldn't go to the polls. And I think that's probably our biggest push is that people who say, well, I'm sure my candidate will win because no one is running against them. Or I'm sure that I don't support that candidate, so why should I even take time off from work or go and stand in a line and use my uh, right to vote? We want people always to use their right to vote. You don't have to vote for everybody on a slate. You can vote for one set of candidates. You can vote for zero candidates and vote for constitutional amendments. But just the act of getting there to vote and take your children with you. Children and young people care about what their world is going to be. I think there's something about people being in, being in community, being able to think together, not feeling isolated, and then being able to engage public officials. And that's so much what, what as a community organizer, I'm striving is to, is, is to create space for people to be building those relationships or helping them develop skills so they're able to go out in the community and engage folks. There's other powerful stakeholders that are engaging those public officials. And if we at the grassroots level are not, they're only hearing from one source. You know, I think the, the power of 
communities being able to tell their own story. Um, it's not some something that's being said on TV, but it's this is this is my life. This is my story. It's a part of your feeling of personal responsibility for your government. No matter how angry or upset you might have been about things that have happened, it's your chance to have a voice. And that's always a good and healthy thing when people vote. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.